This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Today on the pod, we have Guy Turland, a.k.a. Bondi Harvest. We have been mates for yonks. This guy is the real deal. He's grounded, he's driven, he's humble, he's kind, and he's a health nerd. Well, he's a chef and really into wholesome, real ingredients, super simple recipes. His YouTube channel is massive. He's got a Bondi Harvest cafe restaurant in L.A. He's just recently relocated the iconic depot in Bondi. So if you're in Bondi, make sure you check it out. This guy's non-stop, super driven, but incredibly humble. I hope you enjoy this chat with my dear friend, Guy Turland. Guy Turland. Welcome to the, <laughs> the Sky Studio. <laughs> How long have we been talking about doing this? Uh, it feels like a lifetime. Dude, it's actually yeah. been years. Yeah, it's like we've been flirting for... I don't know, at least three years about doing the podcast. It's kind of like, but then like I'll go overseas or you'll have something on or like it, life. Right? Every time I have a Sydney trip, I'm yeah. like, on these dates, mm. are you in town? You're like, I don't know most yeah. of the time. Hey, let's catch up. Oh, COVID. We can't catch up. Let's be a metre yeah. and a half apart or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, life. We're here now. Yeah. We're and it makes it sweeter. Totally. And we have a very long-standing friendship. Like I don't know yeah. how long, but. Um, I tried to figure it out on the way here. No, nah, it's too hard to figure out. Right? Yeah, yeah. So people listening, Bondi Harvest is you. Yep. So I like to think of you as kind of like travel, mm-hmm. all things food, cooking, but almost like the experience of it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of think that food and life and holidays and the good stuff in life all comes from the experience more so than, uh, I mean, say a dish of food, you're there for like a minute finishing it. You know, yeah. It's more about the making of it and the people and the, the entire experience for me. Yeah. Totally. I'm going to get more into that because you taught me that. Because we have cooked together <laughs> yeah. twice. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. We've made, I looked it up on YouTube this morning, we've made avo toast together. We did, yep. With hemp seeds. Uh-huh. And then we made... Cauliflower steak. That's right, my yep. first one. Yep, and we haven't cut or burned ourselves once. We nailed it. Well, I think you nailed it. You're the expert chef. And I was just like, ha, 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 this is awesome. <laughs> you were telling me about uh, cauliflower being, looking like a brain. That's and right. being for your, good for your head. Left and, and right hemispheres. Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure what the term you used, but like how fruit I and veggies. Oh, doctrine of signatures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep the big words for you. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so you are a chef, you're a businessman, you're a rest- what restaurateur, is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cookbook author. Yep. I've been to your Sydney launch. Yep, you did. Uh, content creator, TV host. I've also been on that TV show yes, of yours. Yes, you were on the TV show. Yeah, the first Bonner Harvest Sir, series, that, Bonner, Summer Cooking. Summer Cooking. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was, I remember, oh, that was so exciting. <laughs> we were cooking on a, on a like, cliff top. Yeah, just down here. And he's pointing to like, is that Tamar? That's yeah, Tamar and Bronte. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. You nailed it. You're basically local. I have a, um, I've been watching your recipes, your Bondi Harvest Basics at the moment. Mm-hmm. The um, waffle, the Mandalorian yeah. waffle. Oh, yeah. yeah. That looks so great. Good. And you made it pink by using beetroot. Yeah. 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 Natural sweetness. 
Um, P.S. My brain is higgledy piggledy, so you're going to see me go like. Oh. Mine is too. I'm good at ping pong. That's good. Perfect. I have a fan boy story for you. <laughs> my boy, before we even locked this podcast in, my boyfriend saw you make, and I'm going to um, say the name so wrong. He's Italian, so he, he says it beautifully. Yeah. It's that spaghetti ali oli. Agli olio. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally the next night he's like, look what I made. Did he make you dinner? No. Well, he made it for himself. I can't have gluten. So I, oh. the first night I got here, yeah, yeah. he sent me a photo. He's like, influenced by Guy. And he fully made the <laughs> recipe. That's so sweet. I thought you were going to say you cooked it for you and I was like, nailed it. That's, oh. what I, that's basically what I'm here for is to make sure that the boyfriends and girlfriends can cook each other nice food. I like that. Oh, <laughs> I've just got to make it with like zucchini spirals for me yeah, or you something. Get some buckwheat pasta. Yeah. Or quinoa pasta now. Oh, yeah. It's plenty of good options. All right. I'm going to have – so um, Matt, a.k.a. Bosso, yep. Italian, so could live off – like Pasta. he makes, is it ketchup pepe? Like pepe. Yeah, every yeah. three days. Yeah. I wish I had Italian blood in me because it seems like they can eat pasta and palms and cheese all day and not get fat. No, totally. It's just like, what the It's hell? very frustrating yeah. to look at. I'm like, <laughs> how, 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 how? Yeah. Okay, so there's your fan um, moment. No, how um, nice. Okay, do you remember this one thing you taught me? And so I obviously look at food like nutritional benefit. My mm-hmm. brain kind of goes into nutrition mode. And when we were making our cauliflower steaks, you were teaching me about height and you were like, yep. you know, people eat with their eyes first. Yes. Yep. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, it, but... I kind of feel like as soon as your food comes out, the first thing you do is you look at it. You eat it yeah. with your eyes first. And, and that process, um, I suppose, starts the whole salivation process and the, oh, that looks delicious, I'm hungry, and it plays into that mental game of making things taste better. Um, totally. And that's kind of what I believe in in food and life and entire experiences is that, you know, like a, a plate of food is amazing and it could be the best, most expensive fine dining plate of food you ever had, but it could still be a subpar experience without the people around you, the music, the the entire picture. Totally. And, yeah, you were teaching me about bringing layers mm. and, like, because I kind of am like, how many green things can I get into this meal? <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas you were like, you know, we, I think we did like a ribbon of yeah, beetroot nice or something. Yeah, a salad. It was kind of shaved. And, yeah, 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 your yeah, memory yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. Uncomplicated. It was like lots of, like, it was lots of carrots. I remember yeah. lots of herbs. And it was the whole idea of like, you know, you've got your heavy, I suppose, your, your base, which was the cauliflower, mm. uh, beetroot hummus, so nice and bright. And then there's like a light salad on top to kind of lift it up because everything else was quite dense. So it's just that balance. And it was so fun to look at. Like it was really, <laughs> it was really, I, I'm completely um, kind of jumping around my own personal history and experiences yeah. with you and your own history. So <laughs> straight out of school, you were pretty much into, but was it like by 21, you'd opened your own cafe? Yeah, yeah. But then you were also like straight out of school training. Was, yeah. it, was the first restaurant Est or Iceberg? Which... Uh, my first restaurant that I worked at was Est as a, as a chef, I suppose. Yeah. But at school I was washing dishes and, and, and kind of doing hospitality at school. And I think yeah. that's where the, the fire got lit, so to speak, excuse the pun. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of where it all started for me. I was like, you know what, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy cooking um, and I figured I'd just keep doing it if I enjoyed it. Like uh, I was always a kid that was at school and, you know, when other kids were like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor or a chiropractor and I'm going to go to this university and I'm going to, you know, I was like, it's ah, kind of bullshit, you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're so young yeah. at that stage. Like how do you know that's what you're going to do? You yeah. know, so I was lucky that I found something that I genuinely enjoyed and I was doing as a, as a part-time job while I was at school and, and I, I was never great at school. 
but I knew that I enjoyed doing that. And right, I said to myself, yeah. I just keep doing it as long as I enjoyed it. And I just kind of just rolled with it from there, I suppose. Heaps of successful people will be like, I wasn't great at school, like, or yeah. I hadn't found my, like, and often creatives, because I think yeah. a chef is super creative, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you need to, like yeah. you were talking about the art and visualise things and yeah. and it's such a sensory experience as it, well, like it, taste, it smell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think school wasn't right. I mean, I, school was important but not right for me and I think there's obviously different forms of intelligence um, but I think some get heroed more than others and it's only totally. later in life, like you said, that, you know, creatives and people that see outside the the everyday box that, you know, you start to shine and that was definitely for me. Yeah, your brain wouldn't be linear at all. You'd no. be very... <laughs> and my parents are great too. Like they were in, in the way of schooling, they were never strict um, they were never like you have to do homework. They, there was no guilt or anything like that put on any of any of my mm. siblings or myself in the way of conventional schooling. But that's great. Yeah, it was more so about being polite, giving it a shot, and if you decide to do something, then then do it wholeheartedly. Ah, oh, yeah. Your parents sound really cool. They're good. They're really cool. Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. School depot, so that was depot in so iconic. Yeah, so it's been there 15 years now-ish, maybe even longer. Yeah, which is pretty amazing, yeah. Um, And so that was at 21 years old. 21, yeah. So I did my apprenticeship. Uh, I was at Est for three or four years, icebergs for a bit, and then uh, the the depot corner came up and I thought, well, I can do 80-hour weeks for someone else. Uh, let's see if I can just do it for myself. I remember when you told me that story when yeah. you made the jump, but I didn't realise you were 21 yeah. doing that. Yeah, I was a whippersnapper. Yeah. How good though, because also you hear all those amazing restaurants, but the culture is really like very hardworking yeah. and sleep deprivation and yeah. huge hours yeah. and yeah. it's like, well, I may as well work on my own dream. That's right. I mean, if I have to do those hours, I may as well do them for myself. Um, and I think doing them from some, for someone else and, and breaking that barrier of like, well, I can do it, it, it removes that fear factor. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'll, what's left to be scared of? I in, don't in imagine business, you, you know, if you're, scared of, yeah. if you're scared of work or you're scared of the unknown, if you've kind of done that under someone else's banner and then you get to jump in and do it yourself, um, there's a, I mean, it's obviously scary, but, you know, you get to remove a little bit of that fear. I don't see you as having any fear at all. Or if you do, you don't. You might see it and acknowledge it and go, ah, I'm going to jump anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely rationalise my fear, I think, is what I do. Um, cool. I mean, I think that comes from experience in work but also experience in, in life and activities that I like doing, like surfing and rock climbing oh, yeah. and mountain it's on bike my riding list. and, it's on and my list. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. They all bring <laughs> lessons into life. Yeah. Especially rock climbing. Really? Yeah. I mean, like there's... A form of rock climbing, which is called lead climbing, where you climb and you clip the rope above you, and then you climb above it, and you you have no safety from your clip that you just clipped, and above oh, until you get to wow. the next one. And the ability to clear your mind, trust yourself, make those moves to get to the next clip, also have faith that if you fall, the rope's going to catch you. It's it's a whole yeah. mental game. Yeah, that, yeah. You'd have to feel really clear. Like no yeah. bullshit running around in your brain, yeah. no worry, no doubt. Yeah. Like you'd yeah. have to be so on point. But even back, I mean like, yeah, even even just just su- not succumbing to the fear but recognising it's there and not letting it overcome you if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like going, oh, that's that's there and this is scary 
but it's okay. Like totally. It's, and yeah. to your, I suppose, yogic breath, like when you're at that stage of, of lead climbing and you're scared, you've got to remind yourself to breathe. Like you, you've like really got to, you know, almost steam train breathe. Like, <laughs> like yeah. as you make it, like it's this same principle and as soon as you stop breathing is when things fall apart. Yeah, and that's <laughs> a stress and breath. And I ran into your wonderful girlfriend Erin and she was like, I'm off to rock climb. And yeah. I was like, I imagine a feat because she was like, I'm going in a girls gang. Yeah. And I was like, I imagine it would be really different boys and girls rock climbing yeah. and we were talking about it. And she said, but Guy is so good and almost dances as he rock climbs. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that I'm, uh, I try to be as fluent as possible. Um, I think my strength in yeah. climbing is is not so much the kind of muscle up strength as it is I've got uh, length and flexibility and it's more for me technique. You when, got long limbs, yeah. don't you? My little yeah. brother, for instance, like he's kind of short, looks shorter, stocky, really quite muscly, and the, the climbing difference is is there. Yeah, yeah. we we had that yeah. conversation yeah, downstairs yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, because he's oh, got the cool. guns. <laughs> it's so interesting, though. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness, you've got onto all the adventure stuff before. I was like, okay. Oh, we can we can loop back around. I can go for days on that. Well, good, yeah. good. Okay, so how did Bondi Harvest come about? Because that's when I think I got to know you around. Uh, I think that was probably eight years ago now. Yeah, seven years ago. Probably. That's when I was living in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bondi Harvest uh, was just a, a side project that a, a business partner or a friend of mine started, mm. uh, and it snowballed into a full time gig just through success and hard work. And uh, yeah, it was kind of like was never the intention of it was never to be a full time job on on in that world. Like for me, I was just a chef. Uh, and we decided to do like a YouTube channel and see what would come from it and um, it snowballed into a beast of its own. <laughs> right, and that yeah. has snowballed into books, that snowballed into cooking shows, yep. travel show. Mm-hmm. You also do a lot of campaigns where you'll say an olive oil company or a yeah. cheese company where you'll be like, you're going to come here and yep. showcase this. And did I see you also do an event for Get A LA or something or put some big yeah, food so we've thing on? With, yeah, yeah, Get A USA, Get A LA um, uh, twice now, three times now because mm. we have the cafe in America. Yeah. And I mean the brand itself is really selling that Aussie dream and way of eating over in the international market as much as it's important home base as well. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's that sandy beach. And <laughs> Do you know what I love about your American Bondi Harvest? You've got a social distancing um, poster up at the yeah. moment. It doesn't say 1.5 metres. It says three koalas. Yeah, or two kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. I was like, oh, you haven't missed a beat. And it feels very Australian. Like yeah. There's surfboards. It feels yeah. very you, actually. Well, we've tried to be as honest as possible with, with that location. Like we've, we've hand-picked Aussie brands that are wanting to branch into the US market and kind of tried to make it a home base for them as well. So it's all so the good. photos are uh, Eugene Tans from Aquabumps. So, oh, you know, course, they're all, all yeah. Aquabumps, beautiful photos of Bondi. Uh, what else? Cobram Estate Olive Oil yeah. is in there. Um, yeah, so we've kind You've of... You've done heaps of those guys, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we kind of this. really try and pick brands that we love and yeah. that have nice stories and good people that have started them and, and yeah, try and work together. And you did have a Bondi Harvest store in the, I ate it at quite a few times, yeah. in the middle of like Westfield? In Bondi Junction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just a kind of pop-up opportunity that it came was so much a couple fun. of years ago. It was awesome. It was And there really was like good. a bar part as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. the memories are all flying back now. And to be honest, I, I do think that like taking, you know, those opportunities, they always open up new doors and that's kind of how, you know, the US opportunity came up yeah. and it just, I think it's important just to, Back to the fear factor, remove the fear and just sometimes just do 
you know. Totally. Like, yeah. So is that was my question. How did the US kind of like beast begin? So that was partly a collaboration with Tastemade. So they, oh, I've been watching all your taste made videos. Yeah. The pumpkin pancakes, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's a good and one. And you do your own puree because yeah. that's really hard to get in Australia. Yeah. It is, it's almost impossible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That looks, that's my flavour combo. <laughs> Just it's delicious little bit of cinnamon, a little yeah. bit of clothes. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. yeah, so taste made. The first cafe in Santa Monica, Taste Made, was around the corner, and I was doing a lot of content with Taste Made in the states. And we'd always walk past this spot, and I'd make a joke that we're going to take that over one day. Um, and then they gave me a call and said, "Hey, it's it's available. Do you want to take it over?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. What 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 do we got to lose?" Um, I mean, we mixed that with like our analytics on our YouTube channel, and we knew that over half of our audience was US, California based. Mm-hmm. So we're like, "Well, let's make sense. Throw a hat in the ring, see what happens." Oh, my goodness. And you've also got a restaurant in Italy yep. as well? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, COVID didn't help with that. Yeah, of but course. But 2020, <laughs> yeah. 2020 um, I've got some Italian friends that have restaurants over there and they said, hey, do you want to come over to Milan and open up a restaurant with us? I was like, sure. I, I, was I love me- pasta and I love Negronis. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to die when you meet my boyfriend. That's him really? in a nutshell. Great. We'll just sit in the corner and drink Negronis. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a Negroni bar in our house. Oh, I'm he- never leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so because you were there while COVID kind of hit, yep. I was messaging you and you were like, dude, I'm flying mm. in the middle of the yeah. – I think you flew from Italy to America yep. and then home. And then home, yeah, yeah. So Mental. I kind of had a team over there um, setting it up. They kind of wanted like an international cafe, really good food. Um, so I kind of bought people I trusted over there uh, and we were kind of hope, helping them open it up. And then we – COVID started kind of hitting Milan quite hard and yeah. we were the last flight – out of Milan before they closed the entire country down. So um, Cade and the rest of the team flew back to Sydney. Yeah. That's your bro, right? My little brother. Yeah. I flew back to the US because the cafe. Yeah. Um, I decided to quarantine, didn't have to. Yes. I thought it's the right thing to do. I can't go straight to work and potentially spread something I don't know if I do or don't have. Yeah. Um, And then realised my insurance didn't cover pandemic when I was over there. Yeah. That's um, tricky. I've yeah, been that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, I probably shouldn't be here then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and at that stage it was really early. So, I mean, we didn't really know how bad or not yeah, bad Yeah, you were COVID right at the beginning. Was. I like, remember. Just, it was really scary. I was, was like, messaging you being yeah. like, oh, what's it like? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. You've been back since though, haven't you, to look after yes. America? Yeah, and that was a wild ride as well. Really? Well, I flew back. I was there for three months and I was there for the period of, of like the Biden and um, – the other guy, I don't want to mention, you yep. want to give him fire. God, got um, it, got it, got uh, it. The election, and it was really quite interesting, you know. There was windows being boarded up and yeah. people fearful of riots and all sorts of things. It was just different. It was just very unusual. You And you mix that with COVID and it was just like, what the hell is going on? I remember writing to you, though, and you you put my mind, because I'm an overthinker mm-hmm. and I'll worry about stuff and yeah. you're like very like, you're like super calm yeah. and, and you're like, you just be smart, Lola, like stop yeah. freaking out. You're going to be, you know, yeah. like, and it gave me a lot of, like, hope for yeah. when I have to do my American trip. There's a lot to be said about being responsible. And, yeah. and I knew I was there for work. So yeah. I would literally, like, for three months I just went to work and came home. Yeah. Um, I would usually go rock climbing indoor and outdoor, yeah. be around people, but I just didn't need that. I was like, just be responsible, wear a mask, do what I've got to do, treat it as, it, as yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and then I'd, I'd go running and I'd run by myself. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of, you can 
one, put yourself at ease, but two, you know, be responsible. Just be smart. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Common sense isn't common. We all know that, but, you yeah, know, it goes a long way. Oh. Yeah. You're so interesting. I could talk all these different <laughs> little like, I'm like, oh, I want to ask this, I want to ask this. Uh, okay, this is a weird one that I want to ask you, but um, on your website yep. you've got your whole media section. You've done so much American TV. I have to ask what it was like doing the Today Show, NBC, in New York. Yeah, that was kind of mind-blowing. Um, Dude, that's like the holy grail. I kind of feel that, especially live TV, I feel like it's a, a it's like a race, right? You, you're completely so different to nervous anything. at the very beginning and you're sitting there in the green room <gasps> and you're waiting and you're thinking and you're, you know, you're going over your recipe or whatever it might be. You're like, oh, my God. Because oh if God, you stuff up, it's live TV. Everyone sees it, yeah, you know. And yeah. then the gun goes off and, and next thing it's done and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, like you kind of forget the and you're in New York and like was it Rockefeller Center? Is in, that what you, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was quite funny because I, I was one of the first people to do it in in history, as far as I know, outside in the Rockefeller <gasps> yeah. Center. Like I was kind of the test dummy almost. <laughs> if something was going to go wrong, it was going to go wrong then. Um, so good. Yeah, but then again, I like. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at laughing at myself. So if something went wrong, then I just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I just love that because I know like as an Aussie that works in media, something yeah. like that would be definitely a goal of mine. Yeah. So seeing you do it is like really yeah. exciting to kind of yeah. like pave the way for other. Aussies it's pretty amazing. As well. It was pretty fun, but I mean, it, you also realise that like we all put things on pedestals. Yeah. And when you get there, like uh, you know, the Carson Daly and he was the host, and he's just a dude. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, but still. I know. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, <laughs> but it's just like it just. You know, like, yeah. Do you know what's made me humanise people that I really look up to? Podcasts. Because, like, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett have a podcast at the moment. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're human. Like, it's really weird hearing people just have natural chats like this when you usually see them only starring in something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I've loved hearing. And then they'll interview Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Or Will Ferrell. I don't know. It's just I think pod. I love, obviously, I love podcasts. But I just think it's a really nice way, like, pull, be vulnerable and pull the like oh, stars it, and glitter away completely it's very hard to 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 be too glitzy when you can't see anyone it's just you right. know like <laughs> yeah and it's also hard to to keep an act together if you're uh, you know like pretending to put a facade up for a long period of time and so the podcast as they go on you know you get a sense for someone pretty quickly you can figure out someone's like being yeah. real or yeah, whether they're BS or whether they're drinking like drinking their own Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why that, I'm like, I like nah. that one, yeah. Drinking their own Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> You're so ready for America. <laughs> I um I want to ask you one more thing before about food and stuff before I go a bit hippie on mm-hmm. you. Um I saw you, this is one thing I love that you do, and you foraged wild fennel and then like yep. made some kind of like yep. what did you make? Like a fennel what? vinegar. So good. Yeah. And then Last time I was here, you were showing me crystals you had up yeah, around the, in the kitchen. Bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, Erin and I just foraged them basically <laughs> and went crystal mine. Like, did yeah. you just go for a? Yeah, we just went for a walk where we knew there was quartz and like had been gold, probably still gold there to be honest. And we just started, I don't know, playing around and chipping rocks open, and there they were. <laughs> so cool. So for you, I feel like, and that's what I feel like you bring to everything you do. Like yeah. the way you film content is quite raw yeah. and yeah. Um, no filter at all. And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know, like you're always connected to the most natural state of something. That's yeah. kind of where I'm going with that, with the foraging. I try, I try to. I definitely try to. Yeah. Like I think it's, for me, that's where I find myself grounded. Yeah. I mean, and, and life's busy and complicated and for everyone. 
you know, for me, I've made a decision a long time ago to prioritise things that I love that make me me and, and give them priority just as much as work and money and the rest of it. Because ultimately, if, if you can't be yourself, then you can't, you know, you, 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 you're only getting Bs and everything else. Totally. Do you know the first time I ever met you, I was teaching yoga at Flow mm-hmm. and Kate Kendall said, I said, I met this legend. I don't even know where the first moment was. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, salt of the earth. And I go, what? And she goes, that's guy is salt of the earth. That's Kate's right. so beautiful. She's, and every yeah. time I was meant to see her today and I was like, guy said yes, I've got to go on this podcast. <laughs> and she's like, mm, salty people. Oh, so funny. <laughs> so, so I think funny. it's yeah. that like really honest, genuine, and I be- yeah. honestly believe you don't buy into success at all. You're just like, hey, this is my, yeah. in yoga we call it dharma, yeah. like this is my purpose. Yeah. I'm going to go after it because it feels really good. Yeah. And I think you're ultimately about helping and serving others too. Yeah, I mean that's definitely hospitality. You know, that's what's humbling about food is ultimately you're creating a gift for someone. Yeah. And you're creating a gift that disappears in, it's an impermanent gift. It disappears within, you know, half an hour, maybe 10 minutes if it's a tasty dish, you know, like it's, Totally. It's almost like a, a mandala of sorts. Here's your Easter egg. Yep. Uh, I, for many years, was such a fan of David Rastovich. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was watching this uh, YouTube interview with you yesterday and you were talking about like food and surfing are so similar. You've yep. got nothing really to show after you have that experience and yep. you were talking about what inspires you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so much like Dave Rastovich. Like yeah. he's just like very similar because yeah. he's got a doco called I Surf Because or yep. a little short yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which like you quoted yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wrote it down. At the end of a wave, you have nothing in your hands to show for it. There's just a twinkle in your eye and a sparkle that comes from the experience. Yeah. That's totally you, by the way. <laughs> I fully get it. And I was like, oh, my yeah. God, he's going to flip out that I know that I've yeah. – <laughs> I used to – I was really into free surfers for yeah. a while and Christelle Morrow yeah. and, like, those people that just – it felt like they were really in tune with nature mm. and I found mm. that really inspiring Yeah, yeah. to well, kind of learn from. I think, like, the, the life is at the moment for everyone. It's, it's all about chasing something – whether it be money or success or something you can hold and then and then show the world, something that you can, you know, like a gold medal or, a, you know, there's always yeah. this end goal that is something that you can tangibly put importance on or show off. Yeah. Uh, but obviously food and surfing and, you know, other things, meditation, going for a long hike, there's no... Yeah. It's not there, right? Like you catch a wave and, yeah, sure, it might be a good wave, you might do a few fun cutbacks, but... Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, food, same thing. It's pointless cooking food that's not going to be eaten. But then you, this is where it comes back to like that idea of you've had that experience mm. and that's what fills you that's up. That's right. And that, yeah. that's, and you mention it, like that's the flow state of yeah. just like having yeah. that experience where time kind of just switches off yeah. and you're just there. Yeah. And I love that. Mm. You taught me something uh, and I remember I was about to do a trip to the Maldives, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared I'm going to swim with whale sharks. And you said to me, <laughs> don't worry, they're like the golden retrievers of the ocean. They are. They <laughs> are, especially whale sharks. They're so <laughs> docile and slow yeah. and chill. Yeah. And it made the I, – I had no fear other than the depth <laughs> and it was really dark. Yeah. I get funny in dark water. I'm like, oh, is a shark going to pop it's out like, at yeah, me? <laughs> yeah, we've all seen Jaws before. It's going to like <laughs> – Right. But, the, yeah, they were like golden retrievers. Yeah. They were so yeah. relaxed. Yeah, yeah. 
And I kind of want to talk to you a bit about this, like, because you're a free diver mm -hmm. and, like, these nature moments when mm -hmm. you're a surfer and I live in Byron now. Yeah. I've seen, like, so many <laughs> dolphins. Saw my first shark the other day. I was so excited from yeah. a distance. Yeah. So excited. And I just think I want to go a bit down the biophilia nature path with yeah. you. Yeah, um, And I think these are going to feel like really weird questions, but I'm just so excited to, I don't know, I just love, like, one of my dreams in life, like, 100% serious, is I want to free dive with orcas in Norway. Yeah, awesome. I, I, are we petrified? Yeah. But, like, the thought of... They're so smart. They're so much smarter than us. So much smarter than us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. Like, yeah. I think a lot of animals are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my question for you is when you've been out in nature, whether it be surfing, whether it be yep. free diving, have you ever had a moment, like, in nature or you've seen a whale or a dolphin or a shark and be like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing? Yeah, I mean, multiple times. That's why we... That's why I go out in nature. Can you <laughs> so, share one? Yeah, I mean, like, for instance, um, just the simplest thing of being circled by a school of fish. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, you know, I think nature and experiencing, whether it just be awe-inspiring mountains and big trees or, yeah. or animals, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to see orcas and be on, you know, no. out there, yeah, in, in um, San Juan in Seattle. No. Yeah, stunning. Um, I've free-dived with whales, humpbacks. Um, up the coast, we were spearfishing and then we saw whales. So we kind of put the boat, out, the boat up in front of them and just jumped in blue water and they just kind of swam past. And to see something the size of a bus decide and to they, disappear, like to see uh, something that large move that quick is just like. I've heard that whales can eyeball you too, like they've got yeah. quite human eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But I think I think that those experiences and that whole experience Maybe it's a subconscious thing that is is trying to remind us that we're just animals. You know, like you, you suddenly, you pull off your high horse so quick. You oh, feel you, so small. Yes. You know, just as a, as a species. Because obviously we, like humans, think they, you know, are be above or beyond or control yeah. nature or whatever it might be. But, you know, when you're standing on El Cap or you're looking or you, you're on a, you know, 100-metre rock climbing wall looking down and it's just like vastness, you, you yeah. feel small. You realise how insignificant you are in the grander scheme of things and you, you can't get that from any other experience. That's why I love being in the ocean. Yeah. I make all my wishes in the ocean because I'm like, yeah. you're way better than me. Like you you're have listening. Got, yeah. <laughs> and you've got some power going on yeah. here, so let's yeah. just do it here. But yeah. Yeah, and, and in the ocean mm. you feel so, so – you can quickly get that feeling yep. of like I'm a tiny little dot yeah. in this humongous thing yep. and it's like – but also I think sometimes that experience makes me go, how lucky am I that I'm even – the fact that I'm yeah. a, li a human being that just so happens to be alive in this lifetime, yeah. Yeah. the chances of that. Yeah. And that it's still around, that we haven't completely ruined it yet. Yeah. You know, like just to – yeah, I mean hopefully it's here forever. But we need to make a conscious effort to make sure it is here forever. And I think that your messaging is very much like nature, food, mm. give back to nature. Well, there's just no other way to get that experience. Yeah. Like it's such a powerful experience and a powerful reminder and and it, it becomes addictive. That's why you want to go back for more. My next goal is I want to kayak with them in Byron. Yeah. The dolphins. Yeah. So have you swam at Julian Rocks? You know, the rocks out from Byron no, Bay? No, I haven't. It's no. meant to be amazing marine okay. life. Yep. And a lot of leopard sharks, yep. which are yep. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep an arm's length. <laughs> Do you know I had a um, girl on the podcast called Plastic Free Mermaid. Yep. So she's all about I know of her. Yeah, 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 saving yeah. the yep. world. And I was like, oh, I she's like, come snorkeling with me. And I'm like, I really want to. I said just two things, dark water and sharks. Yep. Like everything else, it's good. I'm in, I'm yep. in. Like. 
And she's like, oh, don't worry. Sharks are obsessed with like hunting and surprising you. So just keep an eye out for them and make sure you eyeball them and they'll go away. And I go, the th- honestly, mate, I was like, if I see a shark, I'm not going to be like, mate, waiting to lock eyes with a shark. Yeah. Am I like? I don't believe that. I mean, yeah. I do believe that if sharks are going to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at this. We're skin bones and we're the yeah. most pathetic animal <laughs> in the world. Like if a, a hunting animal, like a you know, a lion or a tiger or a shark monster. Yeah, you're gone like that. No chance. Yeah. No chance yeah. whatsoever. I think they just they're just doing what they do. Yeah. Like and if if we get bitten, it's an accident. It's just that simple. Have you ever been because you surf here all the time? Yeah. Have you ever seen sharks when you're surfing? Yeah, I've I've dived and seen plenty of sharks, you know, really? grey nurses, bull sharks, and they've never like they're not interested in me. Yeah. Like I think there's a like the, the, the wild world of nature is that if you're a shark and you're in the ocean and uh, you've got an option to eat what you know is food or take a bite out of something that you don't know and potentially die, yeah. you're always going to go for you know, like Yeah. I like that. I don't have the option to go to hospital yeah. and go, oh, I bit the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, like I, I think like there's, a, there's a, I think that's an animal instinct that, you know, animals aren't stupid. No, even um, just last week I did a tour of Corumban Wildlife Hospital mm-hmm. and they were helping an eastern brown awesome. snake. yeah. And I was like so excited to see a snake, but yeah. from a distance, but because I live in Bangalore there's a lot of snakes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's That's known what for. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. And I keep going, how are they aggressive and all that? Yeah. And, and they're not looking for you. Like they're not, I think they would no. go into the water and think a shark's coming. And yeah. I think even like when I walk out every morning, I'm like, any snakes? And I'm like, they're not looking for you, Lola. Like no. it's. <laughs> no, they're not. It's just, it's mistakes, right? It's just like. Totally. Yeah, call them whoopsies. Oh, I like it. A whoops- I call a whoopsie day, like if I've eaten all the wrong food. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just a whoopsie. Uh, it's a whoopsie day of 10 pounds. <laughs> Again. Exactly. Um, I saw a quote where you said, I live from the gut, not the mind. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? And that would be with your food stuff and with, yeah. I guess, life in general. Yeah, I think the mind can be tricky. It can it yeah. can lead you the wrong, wrong way sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to, I suppose, feel, not think sometimes and again it goes back to the whole conventional schooling of you're always taught to think 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 you know like one plus one equals two how you know but you're never taught to really feel and listen to your gut so that's i think something that takes time but i think that's that's usually the right path i thought that's how if i i feel like every time i've known you i felt you've lived from that space yeah i kind of think if you make decisions from the gut too you never regret them yeah like you know, going back on the point of failure, if you make a gut decision, there's no failing. It's like a lesson. Yeah. It's the it's come from the gut. If you come from the mind and you make a decision and something goes wrong, then you overthink it because you thought about it so much at the beginning. Yeah. That, it's this perpetual circle. Yeah, you're like a little. Um, I was saying that your kitten Nim is like a little like Yoda, but I feel like that's <laughs> kind of you. It's, it's rubbing off like your and Erin's energy. I reckon is making Nim. Like I hope so. Like, She's such a cute little kitten. Oh, the kitten! Just so anyone listening, it's this tiny weenie, thirteen yeah. week old, yeah. delicious little, thing. She's so cute, little um, little tuxedo kitten, white in the belly and grey on the top. Oh, yeah. so okay. Another question I've got to ask you about because I was like, I didn't miss this because I don't want like. I saw it on your socials, but mm. I didn't see it on the TV show MKR. Yeah. 
Yeah, Tell yeah. me about it. Um, yeah, they asked me to. I did two episodes last year. The year so before. guest judging, guest right? Guest judging. Yeah, was it just, fun? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Question. Really yeah. Does food go cold? Because the way they do the f- show, it seems like they bring meal out after. Like, yeah, the grand finale, the food was warm. It was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but obviously, like the, you know, there's, there's, there's glitz and glamour, and it's obviously not straight off the stuff. Yeah, but, no, it's, but it's, it's, it's edible. I've just heard that from like MasterChef and stuff. Like you're having stuff that's yeah. probably been made a few hours before. Oh, it wasn't made that long ago. Like, okay. but it was it was warm. Yeah, it was edible. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah, it was Going cool. To- it was really cool. It was it was um, it was interesting to see such a large scale production. Yeah. You know, like say like our TV show, the summer cooking show. We had two cameras and we, we yeah. walked around and did our thing. I mean, they had like a camera for every station so eight cameras rolling around plus whoever was catching b-roll plus it was you know out of control whole different beast and a lot of shooting time for a small amount of tv definitely yeah yeah Yeah. but again back to that point like you know you you look at you know uh, these judges and chefs and just the the whole reality world and the success of those people it's hard work but also they're just humans yeah at the end of the day you, you jump on and you know they're they're witty smart funny Humans, and the yeah. reason they're successful as judges and 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 uh, face fronting camera people is because they're characters. Yeah, like they're good people and they're being themselves. Yeah, you know, and you you realize that when you get in and you start doing that world, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's like Manu, for instance. He's he's, he's hilarious. Such a, yeah, I've toured with him. I used to do all the good food shows in Australia, he's and I he was is like, what he is. Whenever we were in the cab together, I was like, here we go, here we go. You got your laugh, but gals the same. Like yeah. they're all the same. Yeah. That gang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, question though, how did you go giving feedback that wasn't necessarily nice? Like, um, that was that was kind of chef mode, I suppose. Yeah. Like in the commercial kitchen arena it, yeah. it, that's a part of it but also it's it's realizing that not like just because feedback's not positive it doesn't mean it's bad it's more constructive it doesn't mean it's negative yeah um it also doesn't mean you have to be an asshole about it yeah so totally. and i think that's that's in say the 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 restauranting world that's the way that i lead like i'm happy to say how it's not quite right yeah but only because i know that there will be a positive result at the end of it Right, yeah. like yeah, why yeah, say yeah. it just to say it? Why tell someone they're wrong just because so they're they wrong? Can, like yeah. that, that doesn't That's just unless you're going to educate them to be better. But this is a thing, and this is where I feel like you're you've really kind of like turned the stereotype of a successful chef on its head. Now, take mm-hmm. away like TV chefs and stuff because yep. we've talked about that's quirky <coughs> characters. Yep. They've got a vibe. <laughs> you know, they're entertainers. Yeah. But like Chef World, which is where your roots are. Yep. Um, you've worked at high end places mm-hmm. like. Um, there can be ego in that world and it yep. can be very cutthroat and yep. it can be, I reckon, a bit cruel. Like oh, you've seen Gordon Ramsay's yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've learned um, just over the years, I dated a chef many years ago yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, everything was yes, chef. And it would yeah, be yeah, really yeah. quite, yeah. It, there was a very clear hierarchy yeah. and it felt really full on and yeah. I feel like you're not that. Like you're, no, I think there's a better way to do it. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, say as an executive chef, your role is the food and everything else and you're under stress, but your real role is to get the most out of people. Yeah. Um, and if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Like if, if you have to be an asshole to get someone to do something and they end up quitting or crying, I mean, that's kind of... Uh, but that's it's, the it's common thing with a lot of 
big, you hear those stories. Yeah. Those chefs, like, the long it's, hours. Oh, it's all ego. I mean, like, the yeah. hours are there. Like, work's meant to be work. It's meant to be hard. Yeah. You know. And I think I've learnt, you know, like when I was at Est doing my apprenticeship, like Peter Doyle, the head chef, there was amazing. Yeah. Like he was, he was, you know, definitely the the, the top of the the yeah. game and the boss. But he would also pick herbs and and solve problems and talk to apprentices. And there wasn't there wasn't that that vibe. And, and you could see yeah. that there was a better response. Like, and know. I've been to depot quite a few times, yeah. and I've been to book launches and yeah. stuff there, and yeah. and it always felt like such a team. Yeah, when I've been there as a guest, kind yeah. of thing, and I think that's testament mm. to you and your whole vibe. I mean, it also comes from a selfish place. Like, there's nothing, there's there's nothing that makes you more proud than teaching an apprentice or teaching someone. You know, if they've made a mistake, showing them how to do it properly, and then seeing them do it themselves yeah. and, and take that beyond what you could have. You know, you feel a sense of pride. You can't you can't get that pride by being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be something magic about watching someone grow in front of you. Yeah. And, like, I think you hit now on the head. I imagine as an executive chef the role is probably to be a problem solver. Yeah. Like yeah. shit's going to go on all the time. You're kind of putting out fires. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. But that's the role, right? Yeah. You can't complain about the role because yeah. that's – that's your, part of your job. Like, it, you know, that's mm. just how it is. Otherwise, find another job. <laughs> like, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to thrive off the the adrenaline of putting out fires and then, you know, solve the problems. And ultimately, if you don't give your staff and employees and friends the time to teach them, then you're constantly putting out their fires because you haven't taught them what you want. Yeah, like, yeah. It's up to you to show someone... Mm. And, and and feel the fire for them to do it properly. Like yeah. if you've got a kitchen full of people that can't do the job, that's kind of your fault. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. You're like a little Yoda. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a lot of people <laughs> like writing in going, it's like, that's not true. No. It's like, oh, it kind of is true. <laughs> no, you're going to get the love, I'm sure. Uh, uh, okay, I've got to stick to that. We're running out of time. I can't believe how fast <laughs> this goes. If yeah, one place you haven't travelled to yet that's on your bucket list, just one day you're like, I've got to go. I know you've travelled uh, I would like to do either Antarctica or Canada. Well, Antarctica yeah. and Canada, you're going to get more orca whales, my friend. Yeah. You know, you can kayak in Canada yeah. with orcas, also on my bucket I've list. I've always wanted to go to Canada. It just seems to be such a an awesome outdoorsy place, like big mountains. Do you snowboard? I do snowboard. I think this year I'd like to get into cross-country skiing in Australia and do like a bit of an expedition up and over Kosciuszko in the snow and, and beyond. So, yeah. As you do. I love that that's just one of your plans for the year. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we'll see how we go. And um, fave meal. You've always had a million gazillion experiences. I know it's going to be something like I was eating on a cliff with my girlfriend or something, but yeah. like. Uh, I think most memorable meal would have to be. Uh, when was it? It was a little while ago now. We did a spearfishing trip to Bali. Yeah. Uh, and we had a boat and we took the boat out of the islands. We caught what was called a rainbow runner. Okay. We pulled the boat up onto an island and cooked this whole fish over like a coconut husk fire and like just ended up eating it with our hands with a whole bunch of locals under it. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And when you say spearfishing, you literally mean you dive in the water. Yeah. You're doing your free dive and yep. then you spear. Yeah, yep. you like have a little spear gun. Yep. Is that the right? most sustainable kind of fishing you could ever yeah. do. Yeah. Because I've you, got a friend that does it around here. You yeah. can do it in Sydney, no problems, yeah, right? Yeah, no problems. Yeah, there's lots out there. Kingfish, bonito, lobsters, abalone. It's all there. Yeah. You, it's all I've, in your backyard. <laughs> I've seen photos of you with lobsters, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There was one other question. It's just gone. Oh, no, it came back. It came back. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, 
So what is next? I'm I'm always so inspired when I see you just because you've got this like, I feel like you've got this calm energy but you're such a doer as well. So you're just yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I just give it a go. I don't know. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it 100%. Yeah. Um, what's next? Uh, we have a new cafe that is opening. So the depot that was started by myself and the family 15 years ago, we recently got removed from our lease. There was an issue there, which is fine. Uh, we're moving down the road to a bigger and better corner with a larger lease. Can I say where it is? Yeah, absolutely. So for Sydney side is where the Camilla place, like the yep. big Camilla place was. So you're opposite the raw sushi place, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, across from Raw Bar and across from the Barrel, uh, Barrel Bondi Primary School. Yeah, where the markets are. Where the markets oh, I are. miss living yeah. in Bondi now. You make oh. me miss it. Well, we're going to do seven days a week, five nights a week. And then we've got a friend who is, in my opinion, one of the best bakers in in, oh. in um in Sydney. He's going to do an entire bakery in the top corner, so fresh mm. bread and croissants every single morning. So like, yeah, and then yeah, it's going to be awesome. And the view looks over the beach. It's just it's like a dream location. So oh. and when's that opening? Because we this will probably come out the right kind of time. Uh yeah. I mean, we we'll be in there. We've got the keys, but we will be renovating this month, so yeah. February, and then we'll be opening March. Perfect. And the family time will there. be renovating. Two brothers, yeah. myself, probably my sister as well. Yeah. We're, pretty, we're a pretty handy bunch. So good. <laughs> and do you see like um, obviously as the world opens up again, yeah. back to America, back to Italy yeah. to yeah. see yeah. those. And I saw on your website you want to open in the UK. You'd like to open more sites in America. Yeah. That yeah. dream's still totally. That dream's definitely still happening. It's mm-hmm. just um, waiting on the world to settle again. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, look, there's a, there's a silver lining to it all and I think there'll be a lot of opportunity at the other end of COVID. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, once it all settles down, I'll, I'll ultimately be spending half my time here and half my time back in the US. Um, you and me both. Yeah, mate. absolutely. This will be great. We'll just, we'll just like house swap like you were saying before. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been watch. I watched a really cool thing where you kind of gave a guide of your favourite eats in LA and yep. I was like writing down. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, this this burger place yeah. sounds amazing. The- it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Father's Office. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. And then you went to EPLP, which is one of my favourite places yep. to go for a drink. Yeah, it's really good. Another yeah. Aussie owner. Yeah. Elefante is amazing as well. Oh, you had, yeah, yeah. your little list. I was I'll, send, like, I'll send you another list. And up, yes. Up, Guy, it is such an honour to have you on this podcast. We've been, we nearly had our own one together at one stage. We were talking about it. We will. We've talked about a TV show together. It'll happen. I've got no doubt it'll all happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Watch this space. And thank you, my friend. Total honour. Thank you, beautiful. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.